Welcome to the Carolinas, where serial killers, abductions, and mysterious circumstances are abundant. Join me, Tiffany, and my co-host Sam, two moms, as we cover local true crime cases that will leave you wanting more. Tune in every weekend for our new episodes where we rotate between North Carolina and South Carolina true crime cases. Find us on all major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram at Cola City Crime, and you can find our Facebook page by searching our name, Cola City Crime. My name's Tim. Um, I'm on death row in Ohio, but I recently changed my name legally to Casey Jordan Vixen, and I identify as trans. Um, but a subject that uh, we talked about recently in some emails was the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court regarding Roe v. Wade, which I think is a horrible, horrible decision. Uh, and affects women in a very negative way. Uh, you know, there, there's very staunch supporters of uh, who claim to be pro-life, though they support the death penalty, and they're generally Republicans. But there's uh, uh, staunch supporters of being anti-abortion, regardless of the fact if a woman was raped or uh, got pregnant by incest. I was recently watching CNN, and I think it was CNN. It was a Sunday morning political show. But uh, a person was interviewing uh, the governor of South Dakota, uh, Christy Nome, and they they asked her a question about uh, a specific girl who was raped in Indiana who became pregnant if she felt that abortion would be appropriate. And she she kind of walked walked around the question. She didn't give an answer. But the really horrifying part about that is the fact that the girl is 10 years old. And, and, and they don't feel that getting an abortion is appropriate for a 10-year-old girl who's clearly the victim of a sexual assault in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just appalling. You know, but the um, the the court being a conservative majority, and then you had uh, Clarence Thomas, who I think is a clown. Um, you know, make references to uh, other cases that maybe they ought to revisit, like you know, regarding same-sex marriage, um, LGBTQ rights, and others. You know, what is also interesting is I remember. After that decision was leaked, before it was um, officially made, there was a Republican in the end also. I can't recall his name, but he's an elected official who said, yeah, cool, that's great. Now let's revisit Loving v. Virginia. And for those of you out there who don't know what the Loving v. Virginia case is, um, there was a movie based on that decision called Loving. And it was regarding interracial marriage. Um, you know, so, I mean, if they're talking about doing that, that that's really fucked up. You know, in many states who had laws on the books that were um, 
interracial marriage. The only exception was if the, if the other person who was not white uh, was a Native American, you know, mm-hmm. then that was okay. But anybody outside of being white, you know, it was it was prohibited. And it wasn't just a prohibition against African Americans. If they were Chinese, Samoan, you know, Japanese, whatever, it didn't matter. Mexican, it was illegal. You know, so that that's really insane. Another thing that another case I heard mentioned was this was um, revisiting Lawrence v. Texas. Lawrence versus Texas, I believe it was decided in 2005. I read it, but it was around that time frame. Lawrence versus Texas dealt with sodomy laws. A lot of people didn't realize at that time, and I'm not sure of the specific number of states that had laws on the books, so I'm just going to throw a number out there and speculate, but I'm thinking it was probably between a dozen and a dozen and a half states that had sodomy laws on the books. I'm thinking I heard that before, but I can't quite recall, but it would be information people could probably find out easily online. But the gist of Lawrence versus Texas is this. A guy got locked up in Texas because he was having sex with another guy. So he appealed his conviction and and whatever, and it ended up going to the U.S. Supreme Court. U.S. Supreme Court agreed with Lawrence and, you know, said, look, no, there's nothing wrong with two consenting adults having, you know, any type of consensual sexual act together, regardless if they're the same gender or not. But what people did not understand, and I've had to explain to other guys here that I'm locked up with, is that in some states where sodomy laws were on the books, it was illegal for a man to have sex with his wife in a position other than missionary, which means they couldn't couldn't have sex doggy style. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't have anal sex or whatever, and they're married. You know, I remember many years ago, I, I heard something, it, I read about it, or, or I saw something on TV about it where somebody was walking through a person's yard, and this was in a southern state, I don't recall which state, and the guy, this person was walking through the yard, just happened to stop and peep in one of the windows in the house, which is just creepy as fuck, but he had, the window he happened to look in was the, uh, this married couple's bedroom and the man was having sex with his wife doggy style. Well, the guy called the cops and the couple were arrested. I don't know what the outcome was, but I mean, that's seriously fucked up. You know, you're married, you're consenting adults, and that's how laws were on the books at that time. So this type of decision that the U.S. Supreme Court just made where one of the justices on there is making reference to revisit these cases, you know, saying they should revisit these. Well, yeah, some could argue there's no constitutional right to those things. People have to understand there's a whole lot of freedoms that we have that there is no constitutional right to. And that's scary when you have a conservative majority on the Supreme Court like that who are not living in in the reality we are currently living in in this time 
you know, you've got over two-thirds of the public who support abortion rights with limitations, you know. And, 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 you know, I agree with that. There should be some type of limitations, but not uber limitations set forth by people who have their own religious or political agenda based on that of a clown who used to be president who is a disgrace. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Yeah. Yep. And I can, I've, I've told people this before Trump was in office and during his time in office, shit is going to come out that is going to lead to him being indicted. The interesting thing that I've told people is this, almost every single investigation he is under right now, it is because of his own mouth. If people think that what he's done is not a crime, that's because they don't understand the law. That's the problem. You know, I've even told my own mother this, and she worships the ground he walks on, you know. And I told her, and I was being dead serious, but it was also a bit of a joking jab. And I told her, I said, you know, so many people complain about the economy and stuff like that. And I said, you know, one industry that's probably done really well is the cosmetics industry. I said, because of all the foundation people have to uh, buy to cover up the bruises on their face because they had to have their faces pried off of Trump's ass because they believe everything he's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, he is a habitual pathological liar. You know, and he he needs to be concerned about stuff that's going to happen, especially in Georgia, because Fonnie Willis has no problem indicting a former president. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's um, there's a lot of problems, and then you know, you've got people that want to attack LGBT, you know, people and stuff like that. Myself, dealing with this the Ohio prison system the way that I have, I feel like I'm dealing with clowns in Trump's administration because they are so focused on wanting to deny people treatment that they should be getting based on their uneducated opinions. I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria by one of the top experts in the world. His name is Dr. George Brown. He's a professor at the University of uh, Tennessee. I think he's a professor emeritus. I can't even quite remember what that means. But anyway, he's he's been there for, you know, over, over 25 years. But he has a Lifetime Achievement Award from, um, I believe it's WPATH, for research into the subject of gender dysphoria. I mean, he's been doing that stuff for going on 40 years. You know, he knows a little bit about the subject, you know. And, I mean, he's one of the top three experts in the United States. And I was fortunate enough that my attorney's office retained him to come see me in uh, August of 2019. And he did diagnose me with that. Unfortunately, these people here in this prison system's mental health department are unprofessional and uh, just uh, disrespectful and think that there's no possible way that an inmate can know more about a subject than they can, you know, and that's not true. There's a couple of things that I know a lot about, and uh, I'm fairly educated about the subject of gender dysphoria and other LGBT related issues, um, you know, but, uh, uh, it, it's just, um, 
it's unfortunate that inmates have to deal with that type of bullshit. You know, and it's not just in Ohio, it, it's other places. I mean, and also, for example, you know, you've got people who just don't, don't understand, you know, certain, certain policies or rules or laws about a variety of things that work in the prison system. And they're just, I mean, they're incompetent. They shouldn't, how they got those jobs is, is beyond me. I mean, honestly, for, for some of the people, you know, either they paid somebody off or bribed them or they were sucking somebody's dick. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's the common reference and comments that are made by uh, many people that work in the prison system about administrative people in prison administrations or at central office. You know, and there's a reason they're saying those things is because of things that they've seen that I'm not even privy to. But that's just, how things are generally people who work with other people don't make comments like that unless there's a reason for it. And, you know, you, if you've got a, you know, a small handful, maybe it's just spiteful because that person did something to them and they just don't like each other. But when you've got people at multiple prisons, you know, across the board and not just guards, but other people in other departments that are not security, there's a reason they're saying it. It's not just, it's not just for the sake of them saying it. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, um, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's a disservice to inmates in general, and, um, it's not helping their mental health. Um, I mean, for example, um, and I think you probably still got those brutes, those criminal complaints I wrote against the mental health people. Mm -hmm. uh, you could post those online or send them. Um, I, I'm going to have my my one attorney, Luke, post them on my Facebook page too. But people could see, read those because um, the mental health supervisor here she had she has concealed two medical documents from being placed in my my mental health file, which is a felony under Ohio law, if you work for a local, state, or federal governmental entity. Otherwise, it would just be a misdemeanor. But because they're a state employee, it's a felony. Um, another complaint that I wrote was against um, one of the psychologists. And she wrote false information in my file, in another inmate's file, lied in a conduct report she wrote against another inmate, lied at the rule, rules and fraction board hearing. And those were all felonies. You know, the unfortunate thing is they cover for them. I'm in a very fortunate situation right now, and I'm, I'm waiting to hear from them again. But um, the uh, organization um, called Equality Ohio has agreed to come on and represent me in a in um, a suit that I want to file against the prison system for the treatment and them refusing to um, give me hormone treatment. Uh, you know, it, it's just wrong. And, but, you know, that's going to help me expose these people for the crimes they've done. You know, I mean, it, it's just, it's extremely frustrating and words can't properly express it. You know, I mean, it, you know, maybe they think it's a joke or I'm not serious or um, uh, whatever. You know, one of the psychologists, that psychologist I wrote a criminal complaint about, she said,
said that um, in a progress note on my file, she said, well, I was only on the diagnosis because it would help me get off of death row. Uh, well, no, that's not true. Actually, a law was signed in, um, a bill was signed into law by Mike DeWine, and there are four different mental health diagnoses that if somebody has one of them and they file a petition with their um, the court in their county where they were sentenced, they can um, uh, be taken off of death row and be given a life sentence. Those four diagnoses are if someone is schizophrenic, if they have schizoaffective disorder, if they are bipolar, or if they have delusional disorder. Delusional disorder is another term for multiple personality disorder. Gender dysphoria, if you notice, is not one of those four diagnoses. Hmm. But also, the former chief psychiatrist, Kathy Burns, who is a lying bitch uh, and unethical as hell, told mental health staff in 2014 to not talk to me about that subject at all. I mean, she told them not to do their jobs and to talk to someone about a legitimate diagnosis they may have. You know, the, unfortunately, uh, a psychologist I had been talking to here um, after I got here in 2011 and then prior to them leaving in 2013, he actually diagnosed me with gender dysphoria. He never put that diagnosis in my file. He also gave me an IQ test. Never put that in my file. You know, and if anyone's curious, I tested between 125 and 130. You know, so I'm not, I'm not an unintelligent person. You know, I'm not uneducated. Um, even though I never graduated high school, I'm like self-educated. Um, you know, and I just turned 50, but, you know, just because someone doesn't have a diploma or a GED, those of you listening to this, it doesn't mean you're not smart. It ain't hard to pick up a book and just read and learn about a subject matter. You know, a diploma or degree is not indicative of someone's uh, level of comprehension or intelligence. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Livia has a question for you. All right, go ahead. Um, do you ever have any trouble... Like, even though your name is legally changed, do they, like, dead name and just don't pay attention to that? Or do they have to say your transition? Hang on. I, I'm having problems hearing you. Speak up just a little bit louder. Um, do you ever have trouble with them trying to dead name you or where you have it legally changed? Do they respect that? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, here's the thing. In the Ohio prison system, if you get your name changed, um, you can request the court to do two things. One, you can ask the court um, to not, you know, once your name is changed, then you can just get a new person to figure whatever. But um, legally, though, for inmates, we can request the court um, issue an order that where we can change our our old name and put our new name on all court records and decisions. I did not do that. I didn't want to have that done because, like, my previous name, Tim Hoffner, is related to uh, a crime that I terribly regret happened and never should have happened. Now, the other thing that is done is um, the new name, if I want 
want it done can be added to their database in conjunction with my old name, and then I'll be able to get mail under both names, and then I get a new ID issued. Right now, my one attorney, Luke, has been trying to get in touch with somebody at central office regarding that because the Bureau of Sentencing Computation is the department that handles that. He's left like three or four message for the messages for that person there, and they have not returned any of his calls, which is bullshit. You know, that's their job. Uh, but, you know, once again, everybody who is at the works for the prison system does not have the um, highest level of intelligence. But to answer specifically something you asked is this. Once a person's name has been changed and they have that name added to the system in conjunction with their old name, staff can call them either name. Though they are encouraged to um, be culturally sensitive and address them by the new name, you know, which is fine. But, you know, if they give an inmate an order using either name, um, they have to do that. You know, I think probably part of that would have to be the level of respect and rapport that you have with those individuals. You know, I have a really good rapport with, like, um, the overall majority of people who work here especially guards, because I get along with them and I'm respectful to them, and they treat me with respect and don't harass me or anything. Um, you know, so that that's cool. But as soon as that, um, as soon as we're able to get that taken care of, I'm going to let people know, and then they can send me letters under either name. You know, but um, the cool thing is, I posted the name change documents on my Facebook page. Well, my family looked it, so people can see them. Uh, how do you think, uh, like, if you um, get, like, the hormones and all that, how do you think you'll be, like, respected in the prison with the guards and, like, the other inmates and stuff? Do you think the guards will still respect you and stuff? I'm sure a lot of the guards probably oh. under, a lot of the guards probably understand more because I'm sure you got, like, a lot of the younger ones that seem to understand what's going on and stuff out in the world. Well, I'm, I'm very open and transparent about who I am and what I'm doing, I've made it no secret that I have every intention of suing the um, prison system mm -hmm. and I'm going to expose the mental health department and some of the people who work here you know, and and I, I'm not going to say who, but uh, there's different people who work here who said, man, go at those mental health bitches because they are just lying pieces of garbage. If you can get them fired, get them fired because they cause more problems for us than we can even begin to comment on, you know? So, um, but no, I mean, there's, you know, I, being on death row is different. It's an isolation unit. So this is the only place I've ever been. I've never been in general population, but I'm the same way no matter what. And if, you know, people, you know, get along with me, fine. If they want to talk to me, that's fine. I don't fuck around with anybody here. I, have zero interest in having any type of uh, interaction with someone like that, you know, um, it is what it is. You know, my focus is um, on doing what I can to get off of death row and to hopefully regain my freedom one day. And unfortunately, a lot of the inmates here, they just sit around and waste time all day and don't do shit. You know, and, and, and that, that's reflective of a lot of inmates who are in general population that aren't on death row, too. They just waste time. They, they, they don't do anything constructive. 
you know, which I think is pretty sad. But um, no, it's it's I, I don't hide what I'm doing or what I'm about, you know. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. They like me, they do. If they don't, I don't care. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, honestly. Um, when it comes to like the mental health and stuff, there. Um, do you think like if new people came in, like, do you think they would, I guess in a way, like be better at it? Or do you think they could follow in the same guidelines of what the older ones do now? Oh, if they were different mental health staff? Yeah. Like say they, say they did get rid of them and they brought in new ones. Do you think it might follow the same protocol or do you think they would actually bring new ideals and actually understand more what's going on? Cause like you said earlier, like a lot of prisons have this issue. I'm, I don't know all of the people that work in this mental health department. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably around 20 or so. I've only encountered a few. And the ones that I've encountered, for the most part, are liars. What's interesting is there was a, uh, a um, an Ohio prison system psychologist from central office who um, interviewed me um, for like, Tele, uh, a video telemed conference uh, call. Um, and she did, uh, she told me twice, and it was for probably around a total of almost seven and a half hours. And uh, she did not work here. So she was not like inclined to do the same bullshit as the people in this department. And she absolutely agreed with Dr. Brown's diagnosis and also diagnosed me with having gender dysphoria. Unfortunately, the social worker that I'm seeing right now for counseling uh, said, well, I disagree with that diagnosis and I don't think you have that and I don't think you should get the treatment. And I, and she's, she also uh, committed a felony because she wrote false information in my file, even though it's not you know, probably very serious or relevant what the false information was, Mm -hmm. understand that under Ohio law, if you write false information in uh, a document that is a record that is kept or maintained by... You have uh, one minute remaining. ...by the prison system or another state agency, um, it doesn't matter what the falsification is. It's still a felony. Mm -hmm. Um, And I told her that you know, I know she did that. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just fucked up having to do with this type of shit. And, and people outside the prison system here, outside of this prison, they're more inclined to do their jobs. We're back. So, um, yeah, I think people just need to be, um, really be aware of, you know, their rights and stuff and, and things like that because, you know, a lot of people, they, they, I've heard people refer to different laws over the years and they're wrong about different things. I mean, even guys here, I, I had a phone conversation with, um, uh, you know, a mom, I'm adopted, so my adoptive mom. Um, and we were talking about, um, uh, voting. And I had asked her if my brother, who is also a convicted felon, um, voted. And she was like, well, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. That that's his business. And I said, 
you know we can vote, right? I said, even though he's a convicted felon, she was like, well, no. Felons can't vote. And I said, whoever told you that is wrong. So, but that each state's different. The overwhelming majority of states, felons can vote. Um, you know, Ohio, for example, as soon as someone is out of prison, even if they're on parole, they can vote. You know, um, so, you know, a lot of people who have criminal records need to be aware of that because their voice matters. You know, unfortunately, there's some states who are just have asshole legislators who don't want them to have any rights and stuff like that, which, in my opinion, is akin to extortion because if you're subjecting me to your laws and I have to pay money and taxes and stuff like that, you know, I should be able to have a say in something. Um, but voting is a wonderful honor to be able to do, and people really need to uh, understand that, especially especially in the upcoming elections. Um, what do you think about the whole, I know around here, like where we're from, you know, going back to like the presidential election, you know, like where everybody's saying that uh, that Biden got a lot of fake votes and everything, and that he shouldn't be president. Like, what is your thoughts on that? All right. You, oh, you talk about uh, um, Trump's bullshit. The the big the, uh, that the election was stolen stuff. Yeah, where they said that it was like a lot of votes that shouldn't have counted and that they weren't right. real and everything. Right. Well, here's the thing. In, in 60, I believe it was 61 um, actions that were filed in court by um, Trump's legal teams, such as Rudy Giuliani and the other people in whatever circus they got, um, who none of them, and bear in mind this, at a press conference, they can say whatever they want. They can say, Chef, we have information, we've got affidavits, we've got video and everything like that. That's one thing. People need to learn how to separate what is being said at a press conference by someone or, or on camera, like, you know, when Trump would talk versus reality. They can say all that shit. However, not one time in any court did they introduce any affidavit or any information like that because they know if they would have it would have been fraudulent and it would have been a felony and they could have been charged because they didn't have any evidence you know i've been watching the january 6th hearing and, and i have a different perspective one i've been locked up for hang on i'm gonna do the math real quick so december january February, march april may june july in five days, I would have been locked up for 28 years and eight months. Uh, I've been around different personalities. Um, I have a unique perspective on dealing with people who lie, not just other inmates, but employees. But I've read books about doing interrogations and different shit like that. So... When I see people talking, and, and I'm no expert, but um, some of the stuff I've read is really helpful. And um, one of them, one of the books was um, uh, 
uh, I can't think of the title right now, but it was by a former ATF agent named Janine Driver. And she's like an expert at reading body language and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it was called You Say More Than You Think. So it's a good book. Um, but, you know, it's insightful. And there's different things that people like Trump do is they want to project that they are winners and then deflect and, and push it off to distract people from them being the focus of any negative attention or for having something that they did come out, which is what he does, you know, and, but I mean, every, there were so many investigations into what was going on, even investigations into shit that was going on in Italy and, and all kinds of weird shit, you know, and I mean, he just didn't want to admit that he lost. And unfortunately, it has caused such a divisiveness in this country. And I mean, in a way that it is, is going to be extremely harmful in the future. Things aren't over yet. I mean, you've got people that are threatening to kill current, you know, uh, um, uh, elected officials. I mean, both of the Republicans on the January 6th committee and stuff like that. I may not dis I may not agree with their views of the Constitution and um, what they think is um, a right that someone should have. I strongly disagree with the Republican agenda. However, I absolutely uh, applaud them for doing what they are doing because they're not falling in line with Trump's bullshit and they're calling him on it, which is what needs to happen. You know, if people are not held accountable for the crimes that they do, even Trump, just because he was a former president or he's wealthy doesn't mean he's above the law. No, it is. If there's no accountability for those individuals, that sends a horrifying message to society. You know, and, and that's mm -hmm. not, it's not right. I see that shit here. I'm dealing with it right now where people here have committed crimes and I was the victim of those crimes and nothing's being done about it. It's being, you know, um, ignored or pushed under the rug by other prison officials. The state highway patrol is ignoring the shit, you know. I can't say anything negative about the prosecutor because, you know, he forwarded that information to be investigated by the Highway Patrol, but the State Highway Patrol is not doing a fucking job, you know. I mean, but fortunately, everyone in law enforcement isn't like that, and some do their jobs, and that's what needs to be done here. You know, I think people are so enamored with him for I God knows why. Um... It, it, it's appalling. My, my adopted mom is one. She believes that every single thing he says is true and that all the Republicans who have testified at the hearings are lying, lying about him and stuff like that. But, I mean, his own re it, the conversation was recorded when he called uh, um, uh, the Secretary um, of a State in uh, Georgia, Raffensperger. They recorded it. It's his own mouth, you know. So, you know, I, I'm not a political poly guy major, and I don't know a lot about it. When I was year, years ago, I never even paid attention to politics, really. Um, but, you know, when things affect someone, you, you, you'll, you'll 
you'll pay more a little bit more attention to different things and understand your rights and stuff like that and learn laws. You know, I've learned a lot about criminal law over the years. That's my main focus. And if it wasn't for that knowledge that I've learned, I never would have realized these people actually committed felonies against, you know, by what they do and what they did, you know. And having said that, as Bruce knows, because he's seen stuff that I have, uh, you know, if, if I'm, if you're going to report, you know, one person for doing a crime, you know, um, you, you can't be selective. And what I mean by that is this. For example, under Ohio law, you are not required by law. You do not have to report a family member who has committed a crime. doesn't matter which crime is. You're not required to. Okay? Um, just like you don't have to tell on yourself. Uh, or if you're married, you don't, you know, you're not required to do that against your spouse. It's optional. For those individuals, if they choose to tell on her relative or something, you know, along that line. Having said that, my, my reason for saying that was because, okay, I know that these prison employees committed crimes. And I wrote a criminal complaint, and we submitted it to the prosecutor's office. But also, if an inmate's doing something illegal that's a crime too, you know, people need to say something about that because inmates, and I can say this with certainty, people in jails and prisons who are inmates are on the end of having the most crimes committed against them by employees or people in positions of power who are um, have custody over them, and those individuals are never, for the overwhelming majority, never brought to justice or held accountable for their actions. Also, inmates commit so many crimes that go unpunished. I'm not specifically talking about where I'm at. I'm just saying in general, because there are so many assaults, so much drug trafficking in prisons across the country, you know, assaults and all kinds of stuff. And the majority of them are never charged. You know, so, I mean, you know, my, 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 my perspective is different, but I, I tell people this. You know, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in the world today. And, but, if people don't have the courage to step up and say something when they see something wrong, it will continue to get worse. It's not going to get better if people don't say anything. You know, and I know some might say, well, that's easy for me to say because I'm in here. Well, I still see it. I watch TV. I see all this shit happening in the world. And it's disappointing and makes me sad because I know what freedoms I've lost. And when I see so many people killing people every day, and you've got a lot of Republicans mainly who sit back and say that, oh, the death penalty is right and stuff like that, and it's a different deterrent to crime. Bullshit. It is not a deterrent to crime. If it was, there wouldn't be over 315 mass shootings so far this year alone. Yeah, definitely not a deterrent. Anybody who says that is full of shit. Yeah, we just had the uh, the one in Illinois with the with Highland Park um, yesterday yep. at the parade. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And he'd been playing in that for weeks. And, and, and that's a really interesting thing, too, is, you know, I see so many people on TV after mass shooting saying, oh, well, you know, we have to do our job and keep the guns out of, you know, people with who are felons and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting note. The overwhelming majority of shootings that take place like that are committed by people just like this punk in Illinois who did not have a criminal record and legally purchased every single firearm he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a problem. You know. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing though how like a lot of like politicians. I, there's one I can't remember his name, but the uh, the last shooting we had in Texas, he had said, "You know what are we doing?" and like went on this big speech, and I agreed with what he said. Oh, and yeah, yeah, like he's yeah. like, "What are we doing?" But like a lot of them will just say, "You know, thoughts and prayers," and that's it. They don't do nothing else. It's just thoughts and prayers, where you know, with whatever community right. it is, and well, then they it, don't do nothing. It, it, and here's an interesting note about Texas, too, is, you know, one, that, that, that kid right there, same thing, his punk ass legally bought a gun, or he, he could legally own one, it, you know, it doesn't matter. But what's interesting is, what I find very interesting about Texas is that a lot of people don't know this. Texas, if it's, it may be the only state in the country where felons can legally own guns in their homes. That's a, that's Texas law. You can legally own a firearm in your home if you are a convicted felon. That is Texas state law. But the, the over, overwhelming majority of shit that happens, it, it's, it's done by people, I'm talking about mass shootings, who have never been in trouble. I don't mm-hmm. know why they're doing that stuff. I mean, it's just unfortunate. And, and like what happened in, in Illinois, you know, at Hyde Park, I, I mean, Highland Park. They, they don't know what the motive was, you know, or they didn't initially. Maybe they found out more information right now. But it, it's just, it, it's sad, you know. I see stuff like that happen, and it makes my heart sad because I just, you know, I remember being free and, and, and not having the freedoms that people take for granted, but that the world was such a different place. I mean, you know, I just turned 50, but when I went to school, and we never heard about school shootings or anything like that, you know, and, and, and it's sad that when little kids nowadays go to school, they have to worry about, wow, is there going to be a shooting today at my school? That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason for, for any citizen to need an AR-15, whether, you know, it's fully automatic or not, it's a fucking assault rifle, man. There's reasons they make those for the military and for citizens. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, for the military and uh, police departments, you know, or law enforcement, you know. If you want to go hunting, you can buy. There is such a wide variety of guns that people can buy to use to go hunting, you know. And what's interesting is, I mean, you know, and felons can still go hunting, too, because, you know, a convicted felon, though you can't legally own a firearm, you can still buy an air rifle because it's not a firearm. You know, it's a pellet gun. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, you know, people couldn't use those. It's the same as a BB gun, you know. But you, there's some that they'll shoot a twenty two pellet, you know, but it's not a firearm because a firearm is, uh, uses ammunition that is um, combustible. You know, it's launched like that. You know, air rifles use CO2 or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, it's just... It, the U.S. is the only country in the world that has mass shooting problems. No other country in the world has those types of problems. I know a lot of people say, like, if you outlaw guns, that, you know, criminals will still find a way. Um, I just had a gentleman that I uh, I knew him, like, when I was growing up, like, he was on the same bus as I was. He's a couple years older. Like he literally just got stabbed in the back the other day at a gas station. But it's like they're yeah. like people like I don't think people should have their gun rights taken away. Like you said, there should be something a limitation on people that can get them or something. Like you said, they have oh, no yeah. cr- they have no criminal record, so they're just going in buying whatever they want. But you kind of like we. Uh, I know a lot of people say with like the mental health, do you think a lot of these, where it's a lot of younger generation, it's the like mental health and they're kind of like crying out for help, for attention. And this is their way of doing it because nobody's listening. Nobody's helping them. Cause like with you, what well, like with you uh, deal with the mental health issues in prison, a lot of places now where, you know, a lot of the expenses people can't afford proper health and as kids are being basically abandoned when they're literally struggling on the street. Do you think that plays a part in what's going on? There's a problem in not just one area, but multiple areas because, you know, mental health, if people can't afford to see it, that's like you just said, you know, and, and, and that's not on the kids because that's also on the school and stuff like that. I mean, I, you know, if, if people would have been really willing to help and if I could have found somebody that I would have trusted when I was in school, you know, things would have been better for me. But I didn't trust the people in mental health that I was talking to that my mom was taking me to because I figured every single thing that I told them, they were going to tell her. And, you know, if, if you can't have an honest conversation with somebody who is a mental health professional, they're not going to open up. They're not going to talk to you about shit that is affecting them personally. And therefore it's not addressing whatever mental health issue it is that they are dealing with. That's part of the problem. They near, there needs to be a safe space for them where no matter what they're talking about, they're, they're not going to feel like they're going to be retaliated against in some way by their, by their own parents or whatever, you know, I mean, because, for example, say a kid was gay, but if he opened up to his parents, they might, you know, chastise them or try to send him to some fucked up conversion therapy place or some bullshit, you know, or, or want to take him to church. And stuff. that's not addressing the issue. That's only going to make it worse. You know, I mean, so it, it might be other issues, too. They could be getting bullied. But, you know, there's people... <laughs> There are signs out there, but, you know, I think the most important thing is if you see somebody who's dealing with something um, or a kid, but especially for kids, there needs to be a safe space where whatever they say, you know, they need to know that they're in a safe space, that they can talk about anything without fear of, you know, being judged or criticized or whatever. You know, that is so, so important because that shit carry 
with the person for decades, you know, not just a short amount of time. You know, it, it stays with you. Yeah, I agree uh, with yeah, but, um, Olivia's, like, where she has, but, you know, going through uh, therapy and stuff. Like, it took her, might as well say, until yeah. roughly, what, a year to find actually a therapist that actually listens to her. Because most of them that she dealt with, they're like, here, we'll just put you on medication, like strong medication, to, and hopefully your problems will go away. Like, this therapist she has now really listens to her, lets her talk. And like I said, he's a safe spot for her because he don't yeah. talk about her. Like, he does it the way it should be done. Yeah, but one other thing that you said real quick, though, about um, not restricting guns. I, I don't think guns should be, uh, um, I don't, the, the way that the world is right now, I don't think taking away guns would be the right thing, but they absolutely need to be regulated. There need to be certain guns that should not be in the hands and be made available to anybody. Unfortunately, a big problem now is with um, 3D printers, how people can make those guns. You know, mm -hmm. that's a serious problem, you know, and, and not, not, not just for people on the street, but I mean, that's a serious security threat for prisons and jails and, and really for law enforcement, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm an inmate, but I don't dislike police officers, you know, they didn't put me here. I made a bad choice with someone, you know, else, but I'm not the only person here on my case, you know. Um, but, you know, and ironically, I was talking to a guy recently who was, had worked in the cell block where my co-defendant is, and he said my co-defendant actually told him why I did it, which surprised me because to this day, until he told me that, I did not know the reason why my co-defendant wanted to kill that person. I did not. I speculated, you know, what the reason might be, and I wasn't too far off, mm -hmm. but I didn't know, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a problem with guns. I mean, it's obvious, you know, um, you know, I think sadly there's a lot of crimes that are committed and they go ignored and people don't say anything. And, and for that reason, people are left out there to do shit that shouldn't be doing it. You know, if they were locked up, you know, uh, for other crimes they committed, you know, it would be saving lives, but you know. And you know this from stuff I've showed you, where I had information, you know, I saw something and then, uh, you know, about somebody, something that somebody did in prison and uh, they were never charged for those, those serious felonies. And then they got out and shot somebody and almost killed them, you know, and then he ended up back in prison where, you know, when you've got prison officials and, you know, state highway patrol in whatever state, if they're not properly investigating shit by inmates that are, you know, conduct, misconduct in prisons for crimes they've done and referring to them so they can get more time and, and you know, um, answer for their conduct, you know, it, it's, it's the same for shit out there on the street, you know. I mean, I, I've had information over the years about people that wanted to, you know, sell kilos of cocaine. And I contacted multiple agencies. Not a single person would listen. Nothing was done about drug trafficking at all. You know, you've got people that are selling kilos of cocaine. That's a serious problem. That's a threat to any community. And it just brings more problems. Because anywhere where there's drug trafficking, there's going to be some level of, you know, violence. You know, because you're going to have people who are addicts. Well, if they don't have a job, 
or they want to get a fix, what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to go rob somebody. Sometimes, unfortunately, somebody's going to get shot and die. You know? So, I mean, uh, it's just a problem. I see it. I know this. I've been ignored about stuff. And uh, it's a perpetual problem. And that's why I tell people, and this is unique because I'm an inmate. You don't hear a lot of people saying this. If you know about something, you know, say something. But also, if you are serious about it, it, you need more than just your word. So with technology the way it is right now, with cell phones, man, you can record stuff. You can videotape anything, depending on the state where you live at, Ohio, for example. If you want to record a conversation or video and not tell the other person, you don't have to because Ohio is a one-party consent state. One-party consent state means if you're part of the conversation, you consent to give yourself consent to record it. Your consent is the only consent you need to record any kind of conversation covertly and not tell the other person. Also, under federal law, it's the same way. You know, so I mean, use what tools that you have. Learn a little bit about the law. And believe me, if anybody out there has a question about something, and, and you know, you, you want to ask me, you know, shoot a message through Bruce's podcast or contact him or whatever, and I'll do what I can to you know, give you an answer and help, you know, so, uh, my perspective is unique, but I do know, uh, quite a bit about criminal law. Um, do you as think, as what people can be charged with, not, a, not appeals. Yeah. Do you think that, cause I know we've talked about a little bit about this before. Do you think where you're on death row is why some of the, uh, you know, departments don't listen to you? Cause they're like, oh, it's just an inmate trying to, yeah. you know, save himself type thing. You're, you're fading it out, in and out on me, so repeat that really quick, and I'll try to answer it. Oh, sorry. But um, what we've talked about, you know, like, where you're on death row, and, you know, do you think that that's why, like, some of the departments don't listen to you? They're just thinking you're trying to save yourself type thing and trying to, you know... Uh, possibly. It, it could be part of the problem. Uh, you know, fortunately, some people in law enforcement don't have that attitude. You know, but I know that um, many crimes... Many other crimes are ignored by other inmates just because they're in prison. You know, I, it, being on death row might contribute to part of it for me, but I know that other inmates who are not on death row have been ignored, who have had information about crimes. You know, what it comes down to, it, it's almost like it's a political thing where, you know, look, if they take an interest and they have a hard on for someone or they want to go after something, you know, then they will. But if they don't, or you're trying to force them to do their job, or they don't want to do something and prosecute someone or charge them or whatever, you know, they don't have to. They're going to fucking ignore it. And and that's just, I mean, that's, that's part of the problem. You know, they're not part of the solution. You know, they are part of the problem because they're not doing You have that's, one minute remaining. And that's what they're paid to do, but they're not doing them. You know, and, and I mean, most people in law enforcement, I would like to believe, are decent people who do their jobs. You know, many are pressured by others to not say anything when they see other people, you know, in their departments doing misconduct. But some, they will do their job to pursue something if they know about it. But also, you know, keep this in mind, too. Every person in law enforcement, they have a supervisor to answer to. And if their supervisors tell them not to follow, um, work on a certain case or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and they do, they can get in trouble. They can do their job. They could, they could be fired. You know, so, I mean, it's, um, you know. 
You got you know about a crime? Go to a police department, record everything, have my video saying, look, you people going to do your job or not? You know, so, but uh, that's my tidbit. But hey, buddy, that's it. Okay. I'm glad uh, we got to talk, man, and oh, yeah. talk about these things. And um, we'll talk again soon, man. All right. And it was nice to meet you, Olivia. Nice to meet you. All right. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for using GTA. Okay, that was our interview with uh, Tacey Vixen, formerly known as Tim Hoffner. Um, I know we touched base on quite a bit of stuff. Like, quite a bit, didn't we? Yeah. Which is very interesting, because she's very intelligent with everything. I agree, I think. Especially with law, like, and has, like, said, well, you were in there, I think. When she, oh, yeah, when, when she, she woke up. when she had mentioned that she'd been locked up for twenty eight over twenty eight years and what was it eight months? So, yeah. but one thing that you uh, she didn't touch base. She actually did serve in the navy as well for a little bit, for maybe the full. I'd have to double check. At least, if not, at least two four years somewhere through there. I have photos and stuff of her in in the navy. But do you have anything to add to? Um, I don't know. I just want to say, like, I think that just goes to show that you can unlearn behavior and learn stuff even being in prison. Like, a lot of people are just like, oh, that's just the way they were raised if they're being homophobic or something. But she's literally in prison and learning about the laws and, like, what's going on, what's for real, and what's not. Yeah, which to touch base on at the end there, because we done two uh, 30-minute calls, um, which the first part was about, you know, more of the being transgender and stuff in prison. But um, with the police department, not to, like, with law enforcement, not to really throw them under the bus, but there's, like, a case that another gentleman has talked to me about, and he's actually, he's not from that state. And he's had the prison. I've reached out to him. They've not returned my calls. I've even reached out to the missing person place. They've never returned turned anything that I've sent them. And like he has information on a crime. And the girl is still missing. But the guy that he talked to said, you know, he killed her. And I kind of just wonder more, which you'll see that with a lot. It's kind of like an ego thing. Like, Oh, we've already, you know, assumed this, so we're not going to touch it because, you know, that's not what we thought it was or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But going back on the transgender thing, too, in prison, like, it's sad, which at least, you know, she does have, seems to have support with, you know, other inmates. And, you know, she's not trying to hide herself from anybody and, like, having, you know, the guards and everything. But it's crazy how a lot of mental health issues, well, people, in the they're just kind of you know what i mean yeah it's like are they not throwing i'm not religious well i'm spiritual in a sense but not you know we've talked about this with like the christian belief and all that but do you kind of feel that some of them might be putting their religion in front of it oh, on their thought pro- instead of actually going by the book with the law and how it's supposed to be they're actually putting their opinion with religion and all that into the perspective of it yeah 100%. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see that too. 
not saying that they're an older generation, because a lot of older generation do follow that, you know, strictly. But that's one thing with, like, the Roe versus Wade. Like, it's... If you're pro-life, you know, that's fine, but you shouldn't... It's still an every individual not like if you want to be pro-life it shouldn't your your opinion shouldn't affect other people and that's the way it should be like even people's like oh you know the states you know control it not the government the state shouldn't control anybody's body like you know i'm i'm a white straight man so nothing <laughs> you know not to throw straight white men under the bus but you know, the sad thing is, like, besides, like, a mass shooting, something like that, I don't have to worry about nothing, because I, oh like, I'm not trying to be, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not <laughs> trying to be mean, but, like, we had, like, for a straight white male, it's like, none of our rights are going to be taken away. The only thing that might, if they do anything like we were discussed about with guns, which I'm not a gun owner, in a sense... But, you know, I have ways to protect myself. And like I said, I'm not against guns or anything like that. If you have guns, you they should be, you know, in a safe area. But I remember reading uh, a gentleman that had, I can't remember if he was a school shooter or just a mass shooter. But he's like, you know, I didn't, I had access to guns. I knew where my grandfather kept them. So I got them and went and shot people, you know. But like I said, like, we live in an area, it's like, People don't care unless it affects them. And like with the women's, you know, if you be pro-life, be pro-life, like I said, but it's still pro-choice individually for every woman. And a lot of people, they're pro-life, but they're not. They're just pro-birth because they don't care about the kid once it's here. Yeah. And that That's the sad part because you got so many kids that go through the system with trying to be adopted and everything. It's... It's heartbreaking. It really is. And, you know, a lot of situations, you know, if a parent didn't want a kid, now they're going to have to have it to a sense. Then the kid, like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the feelings and stuff of that, of not wanting the child is going to, you know what I mean? Going to go to that child if the parent's like, oh, I really didn't want you. And that causes <laughs> a whole lot of other stuff down the road. But it's just, it's just sad. I kind of went off on a little rant there. But yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just sad how, like I said, it's just crazy that white street men do not, are not getting targeted for anything. But if we got targeted for something, I'm sure there'd be a big uproar. You know what I mean? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> You're tripping me out with that. Well, you know what I mean, though. Because that's what it is. Everybody that's mostly in politics, they're older gentlemen that see it their way or the highway, and it's always been like that. This country, like Wallabio said, has been built on blood and violence and everything. With when they came to the land, they killed the Native Americans and all that, and they took over. Yeah, it's it's sad. Sorry, <laughs> it's just it's just sad. But uh, we'll wrap this up. Sorry for that little rant there at the end, but uh, it's just. A crazy world we live in, it honestly is. And I think uh, she uh, shared quite a bit, and from a different you know, perspective as well. And to be, like I said, locked up for almost 30 years, you know, she's very knowledgeable about a lot of the stuff now. Very progressive. Yeah. 
kind of like the same thing with, you know, some of the other individuals we have spoken with, you know, they, like what she said, you got your ones, a lot of them that just sit around, like, they just kind of like, well, I'm just here, so I'm just going to be here, and you got, you know, a lot of them that's, you know, taking college courses, studying, doing, trying to be productive, and trying to put a, make a positive impact on society, in a way. But uh, we thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.